welcome. This is Awareness for Everyone, an exploration of conscious reality creation, mindfulness, and employing awareness tools for optimizing your life experience. I am MJ Bleehart, writer, blogger, editor, voice artist, and 21st century philosopher. This week's topic, Conscious Reality Creation Practices. All right, let's get right into it, shall we? How does conscious reality creation work? Simply put, this is the law of attraction. And the law of attraction basically says what you put out, you get back from the universe. So what you send into the universe comes back to you. It's what you attract. Lots of people, upon hearing the words law of attraction, automatically go to some hooky-spooky, hippie-crunchy, new-agey ideas that most people associate with the concept of the law of attraction. But while it's part of that, because I won't deny that it is, it's also a law of nature. The law of attraction is no less a law of nature than the law of gravity, the law of motion, the laws of thermodynamics, and all that type of science. It's still part of the laws of nature. It's oftentimes misunderstood, and people look at it as this magical genie that'll grant you wishes from the pure void, which doesn't work. The reason it doesn't work is because you generally can't get what you desire from the pure void, because if it was in that void, you probably don't actually desire it. The law of attraction works in very, very specific circumstances, but it doesn't always work consciously. If you're not creating your reality consciously, you are doing so subconsciously. This is going to be based upon your perception of reality. And as Einstein said, reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. What that means is how I perceive reality is not how you perceive reality, nor anybody else for that matter. There are things in the collective consciousness that we all pretty much agree upon, but aside from that, how each of us sees reality for what it is, is within ourselves. It is something that we alone recognize because all of us are unique. There are two very important truths here that apply to this. These two truths are this. Everybody's perception of reality is different, and reality is colored by experience. What that means is that how you perceive things are going to be different from how I perceive things, and it's going to be colored by the experiences we've had in this life, and that's going to be related to the people, places, things, education, and various and sundry abstracts of our lives, and how those all interplay with our beliefs in reality. Why does consciousness create reality? Because with the simple abstract that's derived from those two truths, our perspective and experience is going to make our reality for us. How is this done? It is done via the empowerment we have from awareness, specifically mindfulness. So how does consciousness create reality? Let me get into this in a little more detail here. As I promised, this is something that is applicable to everybody. It is the right of every single person on this earth. There is one very important caveat to this that I'll get to later, but we all have the ability to consciously create our reality. 
Here's how it works. It starts really small. It requires us to be consciously aware of what we are thinking, what and how we are feeling, the actions and intentions we perform right here and now. This only works in the present, and it is because the present, this moment in time, is the only moment that is truly, really real. Then, once we have the idea in our mind of what it is we desire to consciously create, the reality we desire to bring into our forefront and make our life, we have to see it as already done. We need to see it as the one and only possible way for things to come out. And we need to see it and recognize it as the only potential outcome. And then we need to act as if it is already done. It's happening now. This has been done. This is something that we have already brought into the world. It's done. Now, let me give you a really specific example because I've done this and I did it in a way that has really impacted my life and something that I don't always look at for what happened to me. In November of 1999, at the end of that month, I left my apartment to walk to the post office a quarter mile from my house and mail out some bills. I don't remember this. I don't remember this because when I crossed the very busy highway between my house and the post office, I was hit by a car while crossing the street. I suffered some pretty severe injuries. The tibia and fibula, the two bones that are below your knee that hold your leg together, the fibula was broken in two places and the tibia shattered. It took a bone graft to repair my leg. I had suffered some pretty severe injuries. I had taken a lot of damage. My right clavicle was shattered, which is your collarbone, and because of the shattering of my right clavicle, it stretched the brachial plexus, which, if you're not familiar, is the nerve cluster under your arm. It's the nerve cluster that controls your arm. So I had no feeling in my arm. I couldn't use any of the muscles in my arm because of the damage to the brachial plexus. And my leg? Yeah, it was pretty badly damaged. I mean, that's just the long and short of it. So because of all this, there was a long recovery ahead for me. And the doctors were unsure just how complete and total my recovery would be. For all they could tell, because they just could not predict it, I would probably need one to three years before I'd be walking again. I would likely walk with a limp for the rest of my life, and full recovery of my arm was questionable, probable, because I was only 27 at the time and still quite springy, I guess, but they didn't know, and they just couldn't be sure. So, I will not deny I had amazing doctors, one of the best doctors in the country, rebuilt me. And I had amazing nurses, phenomenal physical and occupational therapists. I went to one of the best inpatient facilities for therapy that there is, again, in this part of the country, if not in the whole country. And they did a bang-up job of helping me to recover. They gave me all the right exercises. I had all the right surgeries. But even they were amazed at both how quickly I recovered and how completely I recovered because I saw one and only one outcome in my mind the entire time. I wasn't broken. No, this was a temporary setback. I would be completely healed. It would be 
that you didn't know I was injured unless I told you I was injured, or I showed you one of my many impressive scars. Otherwise, you'd have no clue. That was the only reality I could envision. I would recover. I would recover quickly. Everything would be done on the first try. Every surgery would get it right on the first pass. Every therapy session would make me stronger, and I would recover to the point where I wasn't going to walk with a limp. I would be okay. I would have full use of my arm. Hell, I was going back to fencing when it was all over. So, the outcome? A year after everything, a year after the accident and all the surgeries, and there were three surgeries to put me back together, including putting the plates, the titanium plates in my clavicle, and doing a bone graft to my leg to recover that and restore it. After all of that and all the therapy that went into it, I had back almost complete use of my arm after a year, and I was walking without a limp. Today, 20 plus years later, unless I tell you this story, or I show you my pretty damned amazing scar collection, because let me tell you, there's some good scars here. Unless I share this with you, you would have no clue how bad the damage was. Now, I give credit to all the doctors and therapists who worked on me, but even they were impressed and kind of astounded by how quickly and thoroughly I recovered because it was just, it was like there was no going back. There was no failure to it. There were no complications. It was recovery. I was good to go. That's because I firmly believe I consciously created that reality because there was no other possible outcome that I could see. This can be sort of jarring to think about, but we've all done it even in smaller ways. You had that idea in your head for that person to be with you. And despite the fact that you couldn't figure out how that relationship was going to start, before you knew it, you were in a relationship with that person. Now, you might have learned when you were in that relationship, it wasn't perfect, but you drew it to you. You have this power. It's just that we often don't have the kind of focus and the kind of intensity it requires to make conscious reality creation work to our advantage. We all have this power for our individual lives, and each of us can employ conscious reality creation via mindfulness and recognizing our thoughts, feelings, actions, and intentions and if they're not what we would desire for them to be, we have the power to change them. This is something a lot of people look at and go, no, you're, you're full of it. There's no way that this actually works. But I'm telling you, it does. Yes, there are other factors that will go into it to make it truly come to fruition. But it's possible. And it's more than possible. It is real. It is something all of us have the power to to do. But, and here's the biggest caveat of them all, this is about you alone. Conscious reality creation is wholly individual. It cannot be done for anyone else, nor for the world at large. This is the problem we run into with the visions of certain leaders and their ideals for how they can make this world a better place and they can reshape the world in their image. Guess what? You can't do it. It doesn't work. You don't have that power. Do you know why you don't have that power? Because consciousness 
is individual. Reality is individual. And every single one of us on this planet has a unique perspective of it and a unique perception of it. This reality, even though we have a shared collective consciousness as a part of it, is still individualized. It is still different for each and every one of us. You and I do not have the same background. You didn't grow up in the same place I did, in the same family structure I did. You didn't have my teachers. You didn't have my education, my experiences, or any of that. And all of those things made me into who I am here and now. That being said, we can have a lot of similarities, but our perception, the way we see this world from inside our heads, hearts, and souls is completely different. You and I cannot change how others do things. We can't change how they think. We can't make them more positive or negative. We can do nothing that is going to impact anybody else. Yeah, I would really, really, really like for more people to read my fiction books and buy them so I can make more money from my writing. I can't make anybody else buy them. I can't make anybody else read them. I don't have that power. All I can do is put it out there and keep working to make it go where I desire for it to go. Part of that is on me for seeing my reality as a published and successful writer and partially just all the things I do to that end. We have the power to consciously create our reality and we can use it for little things, we can use it for big things. But for some people, this is going to come easier than it's going to for others. And this is where we get into privilege. Look, I am, to all intents and purposes, a middle-class, white, straight, middle-aged male. I have a certain degree of privilege that comes with that, and I recognize it for what it is. That makes this entire concept easier because there are certain struggles I don't have. Other people in other circumstances have a much more difficult baseline than mine to start from, and the notion of conscious reality creation for them seems completely out of reach. And while I will admit that it's going to be completely different, that doesn't mean they don't still have that power. You do but it's going to take a much different type of work and focus and energy for you than it's going to take for me. That is unfortunate that it works that way and that we're not all more equal than we are, but it's the reality of our situation. Still, conscious reality creation is how you and I can change our little slice of the universe to meet what we desire our lives to look like, how we wish to live, the things we most desire to do. And when we recognize the power that comes of conscious reality creation, it is so empowering how much more we can do with this. The amount of things we can choose, the way we can color our universe and change the things in our lives that aren't making us happy is just incredible. It takes focus, it takes real honest-to-God consciousness, and it takes dedication to the idea that you want to make manifest in this world. 
This is both as easy as it sounds and super, super difficult because with all of our different backgrounds and experiences and everything else, how we're going to approach this is going to be incredibly variable. But you're not alone in being capable of doing this. Two last very important factors. One, this is not selfish. Conscious reality creation is not intended to harm or hurt other people. If that is part of what you're looking for, then you know what? You're taking the wrong approach and it ain't going to work anyhow. This is not so much altruistic as it is something that doesn't destroy others in the process. This is about improving your existence. That's not to say that you won't cause some hurt because when you change, certain people will be hurt by the fact that you're not who you used to be. But that's not your intent, and that's super important, that that's not the intent. That's the first factor. The second factor we have to take into consideration is this. You are worthy and deserving of consciously creating the reality you desire to. You don't have to be somebody special, gifted, from a certain background. You are entitled to this in the good form of entitlement in that it is your birthright as a human being on planet Earth in this time to consciously create your reality. And that power belongs to you and not anybody else. All you have to do is be mindful of it and find the ways in which you can use it to consciously create your reality. Thank you for joining me for Awareness for Everyone and sharing in this exploration of mindfulness, conscious reality creation, and employing other awareness tools for optimizing our life experiences. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at author at mjbleehart.com. You can follow me via Instagram and Twitter at mjbleehart and on Facebook at bleehartmj. Thank you to the Pink Kangaroo Network for hosting my show, and to Fima Honey, she's the creator of my cover art. If you'd like to commission work from her, you can email her at veinsofink2017 at gmail.com, and please check out her Etsy shop, Talia's Inspirations. Please visit my blogs, The Ramblings of the Titanium Dawn, at titaniumdawn.com, my articles at mjbleehart.medium.com, and my various published books on Amazon. Thank you, and I hope that you are discovering how awareness for everyone begins with you and me and is something we can practice to live to the fullest, improve our life experience, and consciously create our reality.